Well, my friends, as we continue this journey through Lent with these particularly moving, beautiful Gospels uh, that are also very long from John's Gospel, uh, we come today to Jesus' final miracle in the Gospel of John before his own resurrection, which is the raising of his friend Lazarus. Uh, And there's a number of points that we can consider with regard to this. The first is just this very beautiful picture that we have of the person of Jesus and his life of friendship. That there is a life of friendship in the gospel and that we don't get that sometimes as we're reading the gospels. It's very much there in the subtext. John brings it out for us that this was a... a, Jesus had friends. He was friendly. And there were people in his life to whom he was close. In fact, John is referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Whenever John refers to himself in the gospel, it's not, you know, me, John, the apostle. It's the disciple that Jesus loved. John is trying to show us this love of Jesus, the the love that Jesus had, the type of friendship and love that he lived, that the Son of God, the Word made flesh who came among us, lived this life of friendship. And a family that he was particularly close to were these three siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he would go over their house for dinner and he would, he would be there, part of their sharing life with them. And at this, his friend Lazarus dies. Um, that Lazarus, his friend, um, with, with whom he, he had this, this relationship of sharing life and a friendship, his friend, his good friend, Lazarus, dies. Uh, now, there's another element of friendship, though, we get from the gospel before we get back to Lazarus, which is Thomas and the other apostles. I don't know if anyone here has been watching the television show or the series The Chosen. If you have, great, keep it up, right? If you haven't, UConn's not playing for another few days, so you can catch up on a bunch of it, right? Go, go watch The Chosen. It's a beautiful show, and one of the things that it highlights is the friendship of the apostles and the people around Jesus. And it brings this real beautiful element, which is both human and divine, uh, with, the, with the actor that plays the person of Jesus and the apostles around him. And so go, go watch. I really recommend go watch The Chosen if you haven't. You can stream it for free. Um, you just got to figure out how to do that. But it's, it's all there. Uh, so uh, Thomas, right? What is, they're going to kill you, Jesus. If you go back to Judea, if you go near Jerusalem, they want to kill you. They will kill you, uh, is what the apostles are saying. And when Jesus says, no, we're going. Lazarus is dead. We have to go. And Thomas says, well, then, if they're going to kill you, we're going to go and die with you. That we, as the apostles, are going to... Now, we know that they all chicken out and run away. But that they... Um, but there's this element of friendship, of community. And we're meant to live that in the church. Our churches are meant to be places of friendship, of community. That this isn't just a gathering hall for strangers. We're meant to be the united communal people of God. And so we should actually have real friendship. And in the church community, we should have real friendship. We should actually be friends with people at church, right? That is a beautiful thing uh, when we're actually friends with our brothers and sisters in Christ to live that friendship and to find ways to do that. But we have here that Jesus' friend, Lazarus, dies. 
Uh, from whatever sickness, whatever, whatever's going on, they send word to Jesus, who is probably teaching and preaching and working other miracles and doing his other ministry. But they send word, your friend, Lazarus, whom you love, he's sick. He's dying, Jesus. You need to get over here. You're healing other people. You need to come heal your friend. And Jesus doesn't get there right away. Um, but, he, um, but ultimately, it's going to lead to this greater miracle, which is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And confronted with death, right? There's, this passage is beautiful, and a number of the sections of it are used for funeral readings uh, because it, when we are confronted, ultimately, with the reality of death, it's one of those things that we, we can't get around. This is a good lead-up, right? This is a good uh, lead-up getting ready for Palm Sunday next week where we'll read about the death of Jesus himself. And then the resurrection, just two weeks from today is Easter Sunday, right? And the resurrection. And so today being confronted with the reality and the difficulty of death. And that for ourselves, right? Contemplating, considering the moment when each one of us uh, will depart from this world. But also when confronted with the death, the imminent death, the sickness of loved ones. There's that we just can't do, feeling of helplessness. That medicine is good, and you know certain medicines can do a lot of things, but ultimate, ultimately, it's going to get every one of us. Tax day's coming up, I know, because my birthday's right around tax day, right? And there's death and taxes, right? It's the two things you can never avoid, death and taxes. Remember that when you pay your taxes this year. Paying your taxes is a good preparation for death, because you just, you can't avoid it, so you might as well do it the best you can, and as honestly as possible. But um, that we, you know, that there's an inevitability, the inevitability of death that we're each going to approach it. But Jesus himself, right? When we are confronted with that, we as Christians, St. Paul says, we shouldn't grieve like the rest of humanity because we know, and God himself coming among us reveals, I am the resurrection and the light. That Jesus himself is the one who is the conqueror of death. He has the power to do it with his friend Lazarus, He also raises the widow's son at Nain, um, and then possibly the young girl, if she had actually died, the daughter of Jairus, whether she was actually dead or not dead yet, who knows? I I got corrected for saying Jesus only rose two people from the dead when I said two or three. But the point is um, that Jesus has power over death. Jesus is able to be victorious over death. I am the resurrection and the life. But even with that, It doesn't change the sadness, right? Even if we believe, and we ought to believe, in the resurrection, it doesn't change the sadness when we lose someone we love. Even if you know that they go to heaven, right? Even if we have a good hope that they're going to go to heaven, that we will see them again one day, it doesn't change sadness. And when we we feel that sadness at the death of a loved one, that's nothing to be ashamed of. We hear twice, Jesus is deeply perturbed in spirit, right? He's moved in the very depth of his being with sadness at seeing, at knowing of the death of his friend Lazarus, of seeing particularly the weeping of Mary. And then the shortest verse in all of the Bible, and Jesus wept. And Jesus himself wept at the death of his friend. Jesus himself broke down crying, Um, He only cries twice in the Gospels, this and the lament, the weeping over Jerusalem, that God's own people will reject God himself when he comes to them. 
Uh, Jesus only cries twice in the Gospels. Um, Jesus himself wept because of this. But he still, he has power. He has, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. They take away the stone and he cries, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man comes walking out of his own tomb, which is meant to be a prefigurement and a preparation. If you will, this is the, the movie trailer for what we're going to expect. It's the appetizer for what we're to expect with um, Easter in just two weeks. And in fact, John is laying some, some little clues for things to pay attention to because he is wrapped in the burial bonds with a face, with a cloth over his face. And the two things that John will point out to us in the tomb of Jesus will be the burial cloths and the face cloth. So John is getting us ready for what's to come later in the story. The dead man walks out of his tomb at the voice of the Son of God. That is the power of Jesus Christ. But here's a deeper spiritual point that we can and should consider. We, each one of us, because of our baptism, because of our life of faith and growth in holiness, we are friends with God. That we are God's friends. We are part of this friendly life with Jesus. But we, through our actions, can die uh, in that life of friendship. And that's called mortal sin. That sin kills the life of grace in us. And when we sin, this friend of God dies in that friendship. That we die in our friendship with God when we commit those grave, wrong actions that we know are wrong, that we know we should avoid. And we, they're serious, and we freely choose them, and we know they're wrong. And when that happens, this friend of God dies in the life of friendship. But... Sin is not the end. And Jesus has the ability to bring us back to life when we sin. And the way that he has set up to do that is through the sacrament of confession. That we go to confession. And in confession, we who are dead in sin are brought back to life. When we fall into sin and that death in sin... Jesus weeps for our sins. Jesus is grieved because we're his friend. And he loses us in those moments. And he has the power to bring us back to life. If only we'll let him. And so, particularly, it's the Easter duty. It's an obligation of every baptized Catholic to go to confession and to receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, which is the only state that we should be receiving Holy Communion, in which we should be receiving Holy Communion, um, at least once a year around Easter. So you normally go to confession at Lent, during Lent and receive communion sometime around uh, Easter time. So we need to go to confession. We need to allow, if our life of grace has died in our soul, we have to let the life of the world bring us back to life. We have to let Jesus have us walk out of those tombs at his voice. We'll walk out of the tomb of our sin. And, oh, but Father, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've been to confession. I don't want, I really, you know what? Here, Lord, he has been in the tomb for four days already. It's going to stink, right? There's going to be a stench. 
It's going to stink. Side note, there's a crow that died right next to the front door to the rectory at St. Francis. I didn't realize it right away, but now I'm like, oh, there's something that doesn't smell that good right here, right? This, it stinks. You can, when there's a dead body there, it stinks really bad. Uh, and you can tell. Well, our sin stinks. It stinks. It's a stench. And people want to say, there'll be a stench. I, I look, you want me to go to confession? The amount of stuff that I've done? Forget about four days. It hasn't been four days since my last confession. It's been four years. It's been 40 years. It's been 80 years. It's going to stink. Yeah, okay, whatever. God has the power to have us walk out of those dead, corrupting tombs and bring us back to life. Every time we go to confession, every single time, and so if we're afraid that it's going to stink, it's not going to, look, I've been a priest now almost 10 years, very little I haven't heard. Uh, it's all there, and it's, it's boring. Sin is boring. It's, we need to come back to God, and we need to just allow that dead, stinking, rotting sin to just go on, wiped away. And we, God's own friends, come back to life. If we're bound by sin, Jesus says, untie him. Let him go. You're alive. And you're free. And if we have been bound by our sins and by our guilt, Jesus wants us to walk out of those tombs at his, with his grace, at his word, to receive his forgiveness, to come alive again. Because we're his friends. And he loves us. And he wants us alive in grace. And so, that's a good resolution. If you haven't done it yet, if you're particularly afraid, it's okay. That's fine. We offer a lot of confessions, and you don't even have to come to one of us. Go to another church, right? Make those other priests really busy over the next two weeks, uh, right? Go wherever, but go to confession. Let's all make that good resolution to go to confession, no matter how long it's been, no matter how much it's going to smell, to go to confession, to come back to life, because our friend Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to life and to love with him.